grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Stewardship Sunday. It is also the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany. It's found recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 9, beginning at the 36th verse. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She always she was always doing good deeds and acts of charity. At that time, she became sick and died. After they had washed her, they laid her in an upstairs room. Since Lydia is near Joppa, where the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him who urged him, Come to us without delay. Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothing that Dorcas made while she was still with them. After Peter sent them all outside, he got down on his knees and prayed. Then he turned toward the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. After he called the saints and the widows, he presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is found recorded in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 9. St. Paul writes, Concerning brotherly love, there is no need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God, with the result that you love one another. In fact, you are doing so toward all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we encourage you, brothers, to do this even more and to make it your ambition to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands, just as we instructed you. Do this so that you are conducting yourselves decently toward outsiders and are not lacking anything. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning at the 25th verse. Just then an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he asked him. What do you read there? He replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said to the, him, you have answered correctly, do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. It just so happened that a priest was going down that way, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also happened to go there. But when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. A Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. 
When he saw him, he felt sorry for the man. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. He put him on his own animal, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day when he left, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. Whatever extra you spend, I will repay you when I return. Which of these three do you think acted like a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he replied. Then Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. I open with these words from our text. Which of these three do you think acted like a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he replied. Then Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you have plumbing problems that you cannot fix, you usually don't call an electrician. You usually probably wouldn't call your medical doctor. In fact, you probably wouldn't even call 911. So who are you going to call? You wouldn't even call Ghostbusters. You would call a plumber. If you have problems with a terrible toothache and all the home remedies aren't working, so who are you going to call? Would you call the, would you call the mayor of the city or the governor of the state? Would you call a sanitation engineer? No. You'd call a dentist. That's where you would start. There are experts and specialists that have gone to school and have experience in certain areas of our lives. And if you had a question about the law of Moses, who were you going to call? You called an expert in the law. Well, they were, they were known as lawyers. These were the guys that you went to. These were the guys who studied the law, who debated the law. These were the guys who would have the answer. They went to school for it. They were trained in it. And so when we hear about an expert in the law now coming to question Jesus, and yes, to test him, now the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were bringing in the big guns. And out of all the questions this expert in the law could have asked Jesus, he asked him one of the most simple and fundamental questions when it comes to our relationship with God. He asked the question, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now Jesus had been going around telling people that the only way to inherit eternal life is not what you do, but rather what God has done for you. Over and over again, Jesus was telling people that he was the Christ, the Messiah. He was the Savior that was prophesied by the Old Testament believers and prophets of old. And no doubt, this expert in the law was expecting such an answer, and no doubt he was ready for it. But instead, Jesus knowing his heart, because he is the Son of God, asked him this. 
Well, what does it say in the law? The man replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. He spoke of the two tables of the law, loving God and loving your neighbor, really out of love for God. And Jesus told them, you have told him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live, which seems very, very foreign to us that Jesus would even make such comments. For are we not saved through faith apart from the law, apart from works? The Apostle Paul drove that home over and over again. He spoke of salvation as a gift of God. Even Jesus himself, especially to the Pharisee Nicodemus, said God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But yes, it is true that if you could follow the law perfectly, if you were perfect and holy, then you wouldn't need a Savior from sin because you're not a sinner. If you could keep the law of God with your whole inmost being, you would go to heaven. You would live forever. Do this and you will live. But the law shows us our sins. The law shows us that we are sinners who have fallen short of God's glory. The law demands that if you've sinned, even breaking just one part of it, you're guilty of breaking all of it. The law states that the punishment of sin is death. And this is what the man should have realized. But he wanted to justify himself. He wanted to look good to Jesus. He wanted to look like he was one of those holy guys that could work his way to heaven. When by nature, he and all of us are sinners who need a savior. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Now this is a question that, ooh, the rabbis and the experts in the law and the scribes and religious leaders love to debate. You know, when the, when, when the Bible tells you to love your neighbor as yourself, they would get bent out of shape trying to figure out, well, who is that neighbor we're to love? Even creating more laws than what God himself created. And this brought Jesus to not only answer the question, who is my neighbor, but to also answer the question, how I can be a neighbor to someone. The parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus uses that beautiful teaching tool that he used more than any other. That beautiful, beautiful teaching tool of going from the known to the unknown. Or in this case, like all parables, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The earthly story did not start out once upon a time or in a land far, far away. This is not like some fable. He actually brings up the road that leads from Jerusalem to Jericho. And there was such a road. It was a very mountainous road. In fact, it was a road that easily robbers could hide behind the hills and the mountains and then pounce down from you from above. So when you traveled on this road, everybody knew it was a dangerous road. You always traveled in a group. Safety in numbers. But in this earthly story, we have a gentleman 
a Jewish man leaving Jerusalem to go to Jericho by himself. Not wise. But he was by himself. Robbers did pounce on him and then actually beat him, took his clothes, left him with, without a shirt. And they beat him so bad that we're told he is half dead. Keep in mind, half dead does not mean half alive. Half dead means you're almost dead. If this man does not get medical attention, he will perish. But here comes help. It's a priest. This is a religious leader. This is a man who is to be a go-between between God and the Jewish worshipers. This is a man who would be offering the sacrifices on the altar and saying the prayers in behalf of, of the entire nation. This man would certainly stop and help this man who is beaten to death. At the very least, he's a fellow Jew. But he walks by on the other side, still stays on the road, but stays way away from him. Now, there is all kinds of speculation out there of concerning why he may not have st stopped, and maybe we really shouldn't point the finger at him. Maybe he thought that the man was a robber who was faking it, and, and, and maybe he was taken advantage of before. People's whims can go can go all directions concerning why did he walk by on the other side. All we know is what Jesus tells us. He did not stop, stop to help a man who without help would die. Now comes a Levite. Well, certainly he would help. He's an attendant to the temple. He is the one who actually helps the priest. If you think of order, yeah, he's the one right under the priest. So he's still pretty much up there. He would certainly stop and help. But he too walks by on the other side. So who is your neighbor? Oh, it was not unheard of that the people of those days would think of a neighbor as certainly a family member, maybe a dear friend, maybe someone you owed a favor to. But at the very least, a neighbor would have to be a fellow man, a fellow Jew. And yet they both walked by on the other side. Then came a Samaritan. Would this man help him? No, there can't be any way that this man would help him because Jews and Samaritans don't like each other. And it wasn't just that Jews hated the Samaritans. Samaritans hated the Jews. The Jews even had special names for the Samaritan because if you don't like someone, you start name-calling. And they would always call them dogs. And not it wasn't the word dog as your pet dog that you dearly love, but this was the street dog, the, the dog that went through the garbage. This was the dog that if you killed it, it was the best thing for society. And now this dog of a Samaritan is coming, and he stops. He does not walk by on the other side. He sees that the man needs medical help. And he gives him medical help. He gives him oil and wine. And isn't it interesting that oil and wine, alcohol, are still common ingredients in medicine today. 
He put the man on his horse. He could not walk. Takes him to an inn where he takes care of him. Basically, at that time, that was the hospital, the inn. And after taking care of him for a short period of time, he gives the innkeeper two denarii, which is two days' wages, probably able to pay for hospital stay at least several days, if not a couple weeks, and telling him he'll pay the rest when he returns. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man? Was it the priest? Was it the Levite? Was it the Samaritan who's technically an enemy? Well, the man replied, the expert in the law said, the one who had mercy, he couldn't even make himself say Samaritan. And Jesus replied, go and do likewise. The story ends there. The next part of the story is Jesus is going to be at the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Go and do likewise. So who is my neighbor? It's more than just a family member. It's more than just someone I like. It's more than just someone I want to be nice to because they've been nice to me. If I invite them over, they'll invite me over to their house. And, and so everything keeps even in our being nice to each other and, and, and visiting each other. That certainly has to be a neighbor. The word neighbor actually literally means one who is near you. So even if a person is near you for a split second, at that split second, that person has become your neighbor. And a neighbor is certainly someone who's in desperate need and need because their life depends on it. But above all, a neighbor is even our enemy. Out of all the great philosophers in the world, I read this one time, years ago, that out of all the great philosophers in the world, only one ever said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And of course, Jesus was not just some great philosopher, even though people want to list him as that. No, he's far more than that. He's our Savior. And when we look to the cross of Christ, and in a couple weeks we're coming up on the, the season of Lent where we focus on the suffering and death of Jesus and the passion he had for us in order to pay for our sins. We have to keep in mind that Jesus, who paid for the he paid for sins, was paying for the sins of sinners. And sinners in God's eyes are not holy. Sinners in God's eyes are by nature God's enemies. And in spite of that fact, the Lord Jesus would pay for our sins, paying for the sins of enemies, paying for the sins of people whose sins do not deserve to be paid, and doing it purely by his grace and mercy, that undeserved love. Jesus did it all for us, and for that we cannot thank him enough. And in fact, it is out of thanks to him motivated and empowered by his love for us, that we love one another. And how do we love? 
we love by helping people in what they need. Not just simply giving people what they want, because sometimes what people want is not what they actually need. And as we wrestle in helping another in, in what they need, keep in mind these words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The heart of everything that we do is always that love founded in the cross of Jesus Christ. Now you may be asking yourself by now, well, what does this text really have to do with stewardship? If you're one who believes that stewardship is only uh, putting money in the collection plate or giving more money to church, then you could honestly say this text has nothing to do with stewardship. But if you are one who understands and knows that stewardship is actually Christian living, knowing that God is the owner and we are managers of what God has given us, and we use what God has given us in our love for God that shows itself in our love for one another, then this text has everything to do with stewardship. And that's why I cannot emphasize enough that as we live our lives as believers in Christ, do so as good stewards who are good Samaritans, who rejoice in this beautiful invitation that God offered to the expert in the law. Go and do likewise. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.